0: Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation
1: is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, where we explore the themes in modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scotty Hines here, one of the pastors of Generations Church. Alongside of me is my friend and the lead pastor of Generations Church, Jeff Luddington, A.K.A. J. Ludd, A.K.A. PJ. Wow, he's also here. All right, that's
0: A.K.A. Though, so if you gun crazies are going out there and all you heard was A.K., just ignore that. All right.
1: So oh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey man, good morning.
1: Good morning, uh, brother. You got your AR-14? Just uh, kidding.
0: Well. You know, not that I could admit to on tape, right? So, oh, that's right. Um, no, you you don't. Of course yeah. not,
1: you American I have, a, you.
0: I have a history that does not permit me to do so. So, let's just say that. All right. Well, and that probably is a good place for us to start the section that we call gratitude. So, as uh, Pastor Scott said, we're in a podcast series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. We are working through modern day pieces of the Heidelberg Catechism. If you're just tuning in today and you've never heard of, the Heidelberg Catechism. It is a 450-year-old way of training Christians, uh, often done from a father to a son, or maybe from you know, a, a disciple or a pastor or a leader to someone growing in their faith. And so yes. a catechism is done by all kinds of people, but uh, in the Christian context, what it is is memorizing truth. And uh, we memorize uh, truth by, I ask a question, and I'm going to ask the questions today, and, and Scott's going to answer them. We're going to use those as memorized pieces of truth. Just like, you know, if you're in a history class, and you know, you, you're taught what happened in 1492, and you remember that Columbus sailed the ocean blue, well, you've you've memorized that. You remembered those things, and sometimes we do it to pass a test, but in this case, we're doing this to grow in our faith. And so, uh, Pastor Scott and I are going to do this. I'm going to ask the questions. He's going to answer them, and then we're going to kind of pull them apart and wrestle with them. And so this is episode 32. If you're a fan of the Heidelberg Catechism or you go look it up, this would be called Lord's Day 32. That's how it was written in the catechism. But for us as a podcast, it's just episode 32. We're coming out of a two-week, two-part episode 31A and B. Uh, We felt like on one day we wanted to dig in a little deeper, so we spread it out over two weeks. Um, But today we're into the back half pastor scott we are moving into gratitude what was what was uh i I don't want to waste too much time and and not you know do this but i I just felt like i should ask you what were like the the guilt and grace sections uh what stood out for you i know i didn't we didn't plan on this so just off top of your head what what stood out in guilt and grace
1: well that's a good question man um I'd kind of have to give that a little more thought. I would say in the grace portion, I was really blessed by the last couple of weeks. Um, and because communion and baptism, yeah. I really like to put skin on those topics. Um, cool. I really like to to spend time on them because they have a lot of spiritual implications. You know, they, they they have a lot of meaning. That and I know it's one of the most recent ones we did, but I had a lot of fun. I was kind of glad we did the two-part yeah. um um because there's just a lot in there and it's it's one of those theologies. <clears throat> That just keep growing as you grow in your faith the the meaning gets deeper yeah. and deeper, so it was fun I would say in the beginning stages um guilt you know I can't remember a particular lord's day that stood out, but I do know um that first portion of understanding you know our position before God is great yeah. um i would That's say what, i guess the 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 first well the first one was my hope in life and death <laughs> right. My, my one that's comfort, deep. yeah. Yeah, that's so, actually, you know, to start off a, cate- uh, a catechism, though, that is a legit, like, that's a foundational piece. What is my yeah. one hope in life and death that I am not my own, but I belong to Christ, both body and spirit. You know, uh, I'm Whoa. saying it wrong, blur it out. <laughs> that's
0: good, man. No, let's see. That's fire right there. So if you're listening, yeah. that's Pastor Scott giving you the first answer. You know, what is my only hope? What is your only hope in life and death? What is your only comfort in life and death is actually how it says it. Yeah. And he's repeating the answer. And so that that's important to catechizing or to a catechism way of learning is we remember we memorize things now it's we memorize a catechism but we do so because it gives us god's truth through scripture right we're memorizing truths of scripture so many of these things are actually quotes from passages in fact today yeah uh one of the answers is almost a direct quote from first corinthians 6 so it's, uh, it's memorizing truth, memorizing scripture. Right. Um, for me, what stands out in guilt, uh, it always reminds me how bad I need salvation, right? My guilt, when I diminish my guilt, when I make it little, and, and, and I misunderstand it when I make it little, but when I do so, yeah. my salvation becomes little. What Jesus mm. has accomplished for me becomes little right? So when the guilt is little, then the grace is little, then my gratitude will be little. Oh, I like
1: that. That's great. My
0: guilt is great. You know, then grace is much bigger and my gratitude will be much stronger. And so that kind of gives us some background to today, right? Our need for a savior, our big, the big job that Jesus accomplished on our behalf, how he was our perfect substitute, our mediator, all those things we talked about. How the sacraments apply to us. And now, now we get to pick up right there. And uh Pastor Scott and I are gonna do this. We're gonna read these two questions. I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask the question. They're asked in the uh I am asking him, right? Uh yeah. And then uh in fact I ask it in the second person plural, uh, but then he uh no, I'm sorry, first person plural. That's it's not an English lesson, anyhow. He's gonna answer that, right? as he's answering it for himself, right? And that that would be, and also in the first person, plural. So um, a lot of these questions are direct questions from me to you. These are we, and I like that. As we get into gratitude, we're really talking about us as the church. It is a we, it's an hour, right? And so here they are, questions 86 and 87. We're in Lord's Day 32, what we're calling episode 32 of the podcast. And here it is, uh, 86, since we have been delivered from our misery by grace through
1: Christ without any merit of our own, why then should we do good works? Because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, is also restoring us by his spirit into his image so that we are that our whole lives we may show that we are thankful to God for his benefits. So that he may be praised through us so that we may be assured of our faith by its fruits. And so that by our godly living, our neighbors may be won over to Christ. I like those little three breakdowns. Um, yeah. You yeah, know, Praise, You know, uh, bringing praise to God. Uh, yep. And I like how the second one, I know we're going to touch on this a little bit more, uh, the assurance of our, looking at our fruit. But anyhow, go ahead, yep. brother. Continue on, man. Yep. Next question says this, man. This is the second one for today.
0: Can those be saved, or, you know, like those people, can they be saved who do not turn to God from their
1: ungrateful and unrepentant ways? <clears throat> By no means. Scripture tells us that no unchaste person, no adulterer, no thief, no covetous person, no drunkard, slanderer, robber, or the like will inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty yeah. straightforward. You know
0: what, man? Can those be saved who not turn from God from their ungrateful and repentant ways? It is the 450-year-old version of hell no. That's what it says, really, <laughs> kind of. That's now, That's my modern-day interpretation. But it says by no means, right? By no means, yeah. no. That's an absolute... Hard pass, right? Yeah. So, you know, the first one, like you said, it's got these sections to it. Uh, the first question, I'm sorry, the first answer, right? Yeah. Um, that that since we've been delivered, right? Since since Christ has delivered us from our misery, without our participation, any merit of our own at mass, why then should we do good works? And the answer gives us a breakdown. It's almost like bullet pointing out some ideas, right? Because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, is also restoring us, making us back the way we were designed to be through his spirit, right? So that our whole lives may show that we are thankful, right? And that's important. That's what we're going to talk about today. What do our lives say about us, right? That's going to be kind of what we can ask ourselves, how we can kind of gauge this. The first thing is that so that Jesus may be praised through us, that our life gives glory to God, right? Mm. So that we may be assured of our faith by its by its fruits right we always say that belief drives action right if i truly believe that the electricity in the wall is dangerous i'm going to act differently if i try and replace a light switch or a socket right if i don't believe it's dangerous i'm just going to throw my hands in there and probably get shocked right so belief drives actions right so if we see these actions we begin to know what we believe. The third thing is that our godly living, uh, I'm sorry, that uh, by our godly living, that our neighbors might be won over to Christ, right? And that so by our lives, others may see Jesus, mm. right? And yeah. so I love that breakdown. And so it says, okay, now it asks like the opposite question. If you flip the coin over on the side, on the other side, the tail side, right? Can those be saved who do not turn from God uh, from their ungrateful and repentant ways? And of course, that like we said, it says, no, no, doesn't you know? By no means, right? Mm-hmm. Scripture tells us that people who continue on in these sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want to say it that way because yeah. I think when I tend to hear Christians quote verses like that's really a reproduction of First Corinthians six nine and maybe first ten. But you know, it's First Corinthians six. You know, scripture tells us that no one person, no idolater, no adulterer, no thief, no covetous person, no drunkard, no slander, no robber, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. They tend to make it about those sins, right? And I think that, I think what we need to hear today, modern day themes and connections to the Heidelberg Catechism, that's our idea, right? Is that we need to understand how it relates today. Today, when people read verses like that, they say, drunks don't go to heaven. Robbers don't go to heaven right but what they're missing is that it's people who are living still in their sin right that are unchanged by their faith that those are the people that do not inherit the kingdom of god yeah right so it's ephesians like, 2 yeah it's, it's like a perpetual god.
1: living not, not to cut you off by that but it's like a perpetual I mean, living like you know people make mistakes and because kind of a far end of what you're saying is like people will make a mistake and they think oh my god i've lost my salvation and Right. Uh, and they get this and they look at God as God's up. They're like, mm, you rotten little stinker. And right. it's not the case at all. Like uh, it's, it's continuing our practice is the key word. So if I call myself a Christian yet I'm practicing idolatry or let's just say fornication, mm. right? Fornication right. via, it could be pornography. It could just, email, whatever. It could be right. whatever. TikTok right. for that matter. Uh, that is a sign I have no conviction. And that is a sign. If you have no conviction, it's a sign you're not on the Spirit. So something you need to understand, if you are feeling tormented over sin, that's a really good sign. Right. Theology yeah. you know and theology and proper understanding will help you deal with that guilt properly.
0: Yep, that's good. In fact, I think uh, you're a little ahead of the curve. You're you're where we're headed. And so, oh, sorry. Uh, but you know, man, I, you, you just get, you know, guys, has got to understand, man, Scott is just a genius and he's just ahead of us all. And so I got to slow him down. I got to reel him back, man, so the rest yes. of us can keep up. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing, right? It is a gift of God, not yeah. a result of works, so that no one may boast. For And this is this is the part I wanted to get at, right? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So mm. the first part, saved by grace through faith, it's not your own doing, it's a gift of God, it's not a result of works, so that no one may boast, Right? Boom. Most Christians, I think, today in the Western American kind of church, I think they get that. Salvation is from God, right? At some level, most Christians get that. I, I know there's there's, there's I know there's all kinds of misfires. They think they contribute. They think they choose this, that, or the other thing. And from a reform perspective, we would say clearly 100% front-to-back salvation is from God. We're just the inheritors of it. We just respond to it. Right. But most Christians in America get it. Jesus died for us because we couldn't do it, right? Like that, that God had to do it because we couldn't do it. Okay, so we're there. But the second part of this, when we get into verse 10, that not only is salvation from God, but salvation is for God. I don't mean God needs salvation, but God rescues, redeems, saves us for his glory, right? Most Christians today, I think, and I don't know what most means, I think a, a large percentage of Christians miss this, right? that we are not saved just for us, but for him, right? So, modern day Christianity in America, you're presented the gospel, however you're presented the gospel. It's for spiritual laws, it's in church, it's a, you know, a track by the beach. You know, we're in a beach culture. We, we see that a lot at the, at the ocean, right? We know people run around with tracks or whatever. And then they get you to say a prayer, and really the ultimate end goal of you saying this prayer tends towards not going to hell. Hey, if you say this prayer, you go to heaven. Harvest Crusade, and I'm not knocking uh, Pastor Greg, I, he's a friend, and, and I, I consider him a, an amazing evangelist, but Greg Laurie, a lot of people that go down on the field at Angel Stadium, right, as that's locally where we've, we've done our Harvest Crusades, they're going there to not go to hell and to go to heaven, so it's about them. Some people in churches come to faith because they hear that, you know, God wants to do good things in them, heal them, redeem them, all those are true things, heaven and hell, those are true things. But it's not for us. We tend to start there. I started there. When I came to faith, my prayer was very simple. Hey, God, you always said you could change me. If you will change me, I will follow you. So it was all about me. It was all selfish. But as I've matured in my faith, what I realized is where I started was incomplete and wrong. Salvation is not just from God. It's for God. That the natural outpouring of salvation, meaning Christ in us, is a changed life resulting in works that will line up with it, not works that earn God's love or earn our salvation, but works that look like us being transformed by God. Absolutely. Now, you're doing work in, in Galatians. I know you've got a YouTube channel. In fact, <clears> man, I just want to champion this, Scott. You can tell them your your YouTube channel. And man, this guy is my friend, Pastor Scott. You know, I mean, we're not just we don't just serve a church together. He's my good friend. Now, people are coming to faith through his ministry on YouTube, and uh, man, tell us your YouTube channel, and give us a little bit, I know Galatians 5 applies to all this.
1: Yeah, no, um, so my YouTube channel is just Scotty Hines, it, uh, you'll see it, I have a little bear in me in the image, um, and I started, you're, wait, wait, I wait. you're not a
0: bear, you, you have a bear. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're wearing the image clothes, when you is the
0: bear dressed? <laughs> okay, never mind, sorry,
1: all right. Kind of the theme is bear with me, uh, kind of. Some of my topics sometimes well that's another thing my youtube channel is i'm teaching through the book of galatians and keeping a short consistent theme of what paul's saying i feel like a lot of times and this is good for instance if pastor jeff asked me to teach galatians on um, on his on his pulpit behind his pulpit i would uh spend a lot of time in chapter one verses one through ten however in my what i'm trying to do is give a snapshot summary what the, what paul is getting his what point he's driving and then um and I want to expand it as we're going, but it's good. It just keeps a constant theme of the Bible, uh, what's going on in Galatians, why he wrote it, and who's he trying to encourage so they're usually uh, anywhere from five to seven minutes long they're not intended to be very uh, deep theological, it just help you think and start to see the book as a whole and start to understand what God is doing to the region of Galatia. I would really like to add segments where you and I do interviews because there's a couple of parts where um You know, I like, I'd like your input on the church and uh, Judaizers of the time. But yeah, man, thanks for plugging that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So tell me, man, Galatians five, it fits here. You know, what would you, how would you, yeah, you know what I'm talking, you know what I'm asking, man, hit me (laughs) with Galatians five and how that applies to our, our, our episode today.
1: Man, it's obvious So you come to faith and now you have been called to repent of your ways. You need, you need a bullet point of what are you repenting from? Because we have to understand your Bible, you have to understand that scripturally you're taught that your heart is is desperately wicked and it's deceitful above all things. And that necessarily doesn't change when you come to faith. Your eyes are open, but you still have to wrestle with sin. And so what we see here in Galatians, um, and that's what grows us, we have to wrestle. Um, But Mm -hmm. Galatians chapter 5, we see a great bullet point of what our flesh looks like and what our spirit looks like. And the one thing I want everyone to read, and I want you to notice that it, it is fruit singular, meaning these are all derivative from the same thing. One is derivative from sin, and the other is from the spirit. And so it's really important. I, I think it's just a good way of looking And you know, Haggai. What does it say in Haggai? It's uh, chapter 1, 7. It says, consider your ways. If you were a Christian, you're reading Galatians 5, 19 24. It's a great way to consider your ways. Lord, am I struggling? Well, let's look at my flesh. Are you dealing with sexual immorality, impurity, uh, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery? you know, anger, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, uh, you know, division, uh, dissensions, divisions, etc. You can look at that list like, man, I'm kind of, I'm a very divisive person right now. And uh, you can work on that. And that's what God is telling you. And then he says, but the fruit of the spirit is, and he gives an array and I'm like, ah, man, I need to grow Lord in my self-control. Let I me mean, need to fast. You know, I need mm-hmm. to grow in my gentleness. I'm harsh. So I really look at it as something that we can really observe. And as James would say, as you look in a mirror, it reflects you who you are. We can look at that, consider our ways, man, and really, really start to peel off the sin in our lives.
0: You know, I'm, I'm just going to hit something that, that uh, Pastor Scott said here. And uh, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And the word fruit right there in verse 22, uh, it, is, it is a singular, as Pastor Scott said. It's karpos, right? It, it's, the, it's the Greek word for fruit. It's singular. Now, when we say fruit in English if I have a basket of fruit, how many pieces of fruit do I have in there? I don't know, but it's more than one, right? If I have a basket of fruit, but if I eat fruit, uh, for lunch, maybe I have an apple. I don't know. It's singular. It's plural. It's the same word. Um, it it can be singular or plural, but I I like what you said, the fruit, right? Of the spirit. And then it gives a list. It's not fruits, right? And the does have a plural and it's not that this is a singular, right? This is the manifestation or the outpouring or the transformation of the gospel in us through the power of the holy spirit right yeah and the power of sinfulness in our heart it may look a hundred different ways but it is the fruit singular of a just a cursed broken sinful flawed heart right and comes out a lot of different ways but the fruit is evident which way we are living is evident and so that's incredibly important uh, yeah. that the works of the flesh are evident in verse 19. Well, so are the works of the spirit. The most powerful witness we have is a changed life. Man, I, I am convinced of that. More people that I have known, uh, in fact, you were just talking about, you know, one of the guys that you're discipling is the son of, was, you know, a son of good friend of yours, good friend of yours died to son. Uh, I have that same thing. Some close friends of mine have died. I'm in a relationship with their kids. Uh, I have friends that I grew up with, as you do. We were all in trouble, right? The greatest witness of the gospel to them, since they didn't see Jesus live and die and raise again, is me. They saw me live and then die to myself and live again in Christ, right? And I am an imperfect example, but I am so different that people have come to faith because watching my life showed them the power of the gospel right the fruit of who i was rotted and died and the fruit of who i'm becoming in christ is growing right That's right like That's you good. said man the lord of hosts says it's Haggai one seven right consider your ways mm-hmm. so i would say to you christians today if you're listening right If your life looks like the world, and it's something I've been preaching through on Sundays in Isaiah, right? If you look more like the world than you do Jesus, you need to reassess. And I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying you need to assess what's influencing your life. We struggle with that in America, man. We have blurred our American values with Christian values, and sometimes they overlap, and sometimes they're antithetical to each other. If we look like Christ, we are children of God through the Spirit. If we look like the world... It is time for us to search our hearts. And so we go back to the question and answer today. Can those be saved who do not turn to God from their ungrateful and unrepentant ways? And it says, by all means, no, right? Like, no, 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 hard pass, right? And so this is not, are you experiencing one of those sins? No, it's, are you willing to live in those sins and be unchanged?
1: Very cool. Man, that is... That is epic, Pastor Jeff. Um, I, there's nothing to add to that, man. I want to encourage you, saints. That that right there is what you needed here. And be blessed by it, because that is a that those are the words and the inspiration from from a God who who loves you, who wants to build you up, and do the same. And uh, you may not have a gang banging, drug dealing um, testimony, but that, that doesn't mean anything. Your testimony is yours. You have to remember, you are His workmanship, and you have good works to walk into. <sighs> Be encouraged, saints. I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Generation Church Podcast. Remember, we release a new episode every Tuesday of our Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude series. Occasionally on Thursdays, we release uh, special episodes. Uh, we sometimes call them random conversations. Haven't had one in a while. Hint, hint, Pastor Jeff. But, um... Keep an eye out for what we put out, and I'd encourage you, please, write a review. Let us know how you're growing. Give this a share, man. Let others grow, too, alongside of you in your faith. And please, if you can, take the time to write a review. All of it's a blessing to us, and it means the world. We appreciate you. God bless and take care.
0: For more information, visit our website at g e n family.church You can also follow our social media accounts at Church.